What's going on, everybody? It's May 1st. It's Friday, May 1st, 10.20 p.m. New Wave Radio, New Wave Podcast. We here. We in the building. Talk about some shit. Talk about some stuff today. Just got finished playing some cards with the people, family and shit. Playing a couple little pity pat and all that. You know what I mean? So, I'm here with y'all. For about half an hour. Shout out to everybody that's tuning in. Shout out to all the pod, all the um platforms. Shout out to the podcasts. Shout out to all the podcasts out there. Shout out to everybody that's out there winning, that's doing their thing. Shout out to everybody that's losing, that's, that's future winners. Because in order to win, you got to lose. You got to go through a battle. You know what I mean? So shout out to everybody that's out there that's quarantining. Everybody that's out there that's on the up and up. And people trying to come up and do their thing and trying to figure out a way to make moves in this grind. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lane. It's a lane, but these lanes are so overcrowded and oversaturated. It's hard to like, it's hard for somebody to try to get in where they fit in. But you know what I'm saying? Like I said, like I said in all my shows, you got to be original. You got to have original content. You just got to, like, keep pushing. You can't stop. You know what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of people got some good shit, but then they stop. A lot of people got some good good shit, you know what I mean? And they just, like, say, fuck it, I'm good. Pedal down. I'm not, I'm not taking my foot off the pedal now. I had to pedal down for so long that they foot off the pedal. So shout out to everybody that's out there that's trying to get it, man, because... This is very, it's very, it's, 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 you know, like I said, it's oversaturated. The grind is oversaturated. So many people doing the same thing that it can get very overwhelming for somebody. It can get very overwhelming for an individual that don't know how, that doesn't have patience. You know what I mean? Because just because everybody doing the same thing don't mean they doing it as good as you. You know what I mean? You might be doing... Some people take quantity over quality. Some people take quality over quantity. Some people take quantity. Some people take the quality. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, all, it's all in the game. It's just all a hustle. It's a hustle from, the, from down to selling, like, hangers. You know what I mean? You want 50 cheap hangers or you want 10 good hangers. You make the call. You got to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? You want quality over quantity or you want quantity over quality. You know what I mean? That's the thing people people fail to realize. You know what I'm saying? People fail to realize that. Like, it's even with, like I said, like I said, these hustles are so oversaturated. It's so many people doing the same thing. That, you know what I mean? You got to just be like, damn. You got to sit back and find out how you can just be be different. You got to be original. You got to be, you got to package your shit up. You got to be like the total opposite of what they doing. Because motherfuckers all like, you know what I'm saying? You remember back in the days, it was hard to find somebody that was hustling. We laughed at people that hustled back in the days. But now everybody hustling. 
Every motherfucking body selling something. You know what I'm saying? You know, remember you used to laugh at the crackheads. They're coming down the street, they selling shit, but they are crackheads. Let's take away the crackhead shit and just make it look make make believe that they a regular person selling something. You know? Like a person selling balloons or some shit. Motherfuckers were selling balloons and then you got people we used to laugh at the motherfucker that's selling balloons, but now everybody trying to figure out how to get rich off selling balloons nowadays. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, it's almost like it's in reverse. It's spent around where the underdog is on top now. And no more of this motherfucking thinking that, oh, he's selling roses on the street. He ain't shit. Because look, Right now, you could be selling roses on the street. But you see, you a lot of people don't got the heart or the pride to do that shit. Motherfuckers can't. That's why a lot of people are, is like running around here scrambling like they got chickens with their head cut off. Because they lost their job and they don't know how to get more money. So they like, damn, only thing I know is to hit the motherfucking green button at work like this. You so programmed, you forgot. You lost your way. You lost your way. You lost, you forgot. You thought the green, you thought the grass was green on that side. But motherfucker, that shit loses color too. So now, welcome to the dark side. Where everybody getting money or trying. So now it's hard now. So a person that never been through that life or been about that circle, or been in that inner circle, where people was just having to, like, move and shake, now you got to figure it out at 50 years old. And gloves and face masks, yeah, that's what my man said on, on Instagram Live. Shout out to everybody that's out there on the podcast, and my man just chimed in on Instagram Live, and... People are selling masks and face masks. And they getting... Because you see, now they trying to like... Now they figuring it out now. Now they got to sell shit. They got to sell shit. So masks is a high commodity right now. It's like top commodity. Like people need that. People need that. So what's going to happen when the masks run out? Now what y'all going to sell then? You know what I'm saying? Because people don't, didn't know how to sell shit. Motherfuckers didn't know how to sell shit. But you know, one time my younger brother told me. We was talking one night. Me and my younger brother was talking. So we sitting in the in the crib. Excuse me. We in the crib and we conversating. And he said, he said, yo D, I think people need to start selling stuff you know it's gonna come to the point where people gonna need to start selling shit start selling stuff in order to make it because it's a seller's market it's like buy and sell type shit but you see what I'm saying but you see what I'm saying like it is very hard out here people starting to realize how hard it really is they starting to realize how hard it really is. You know, middle class America, upper class America, and those people above upper class, 
they starting to realize how hard it really is. Down here at the bottom, the people above us are starting to realize how hard it is just to get by. They starting to realize this shit. Now they starting to like, like they say, they selling gloves and shit. They starting to realize that you got to really get money. You can't just work for somebody and think that you're going to be like, okay, you're going to be all right. But you ain't going to be, you're going to be all right. Because it's also, you got to know how to manage shit. So people, people in middle class, they like, oh, we lost our savings. We don't know what to do now. We, the mortgage is running out. They scrambling. They scrambling. But down here at the bottom of the ocean, at the bottom of the sea, we so connected now. We connected because we know we stayed ground level. We was here. We know how to move. We know how to get it. We know how to figure shit out. You know, we ain't, we ain't tripping. We ain't tripping off nothing. We like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Only thing we worried about is catching the virus. Finances is not what we worried about. We worried about getting sick and leaving here fucked up. You know what I'm saying? We ain't worried about no money. Because motherfuckers know how to get money when you down here with the, with, the, with, the, with the sand at. We know how to get it when you under the bar, under the ocean. We down here. We, we, we need deep in it. So we work, we work, we work. We don't complain. We work. We, we come home. We tired. We lay down. We do what we got to do. We don't trip. But when you watch Middle America, they it's total chaos. You know what I'm saying? Because they left. They don't know how to... They can't figure this shit out. This shit is hard for them. It's like a fucking really a natural disaster. You know what I'm saying? And they not even worried about the coronavirus. They worried about paying their motherfucking um, electric bill. Fuck that electric bill. You know what I mean? But this episode of the shit, New Wave Podcast, we talking about hip-hop and how hip-hop is not involved in this coronavirus. We talking about how hip-hop is not, like, are they making a stand? Where they at? You know what I'm saying? Because I heard Michael Rappaport mention this shit, so I'm going to talk about it on my podcast. Um, we also going to talk about the NBA season, the rookies. We going to get into the rookies game, the rookies first rookie of the year, John Morant or Zion Williamson. You know what I'm saying? Because those are the top dogs. Those are the head honchos in the NBA right now. If the season was to be end, if the, se- the season's over, who gets the rookie of the year? You know, John Morant or Zion Williamson. Even though Zion only played probably like but White. What, 20 games, 15 games? John Morant played from the beginning to to the end. You know, a lot of people might like, might like, they might say, damn, John, John Morant ain't get it this year. But I think the young boy, John Morant, got that rookie of the year to a fucking T. He got the trophy. You can't get that trophy to no motherfucker Zion Williamson. And Zion ain't played... A, 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 a good amount of games And he didn't put it like this Let's check this stat out And I ain't even looked at the stat Wins and losses 
did Zion win more than he lost? Because um, if he won more than he lost, that might make a play a major factor in him getting the trophy. But John ja Morant, them boys was different. They 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 reversed everything. They they found a way to win with him, and he was exciting. And that motherfucker was a baller. He was busting they ass out there on the court. Memphis, I'm talking about. We talking about this kid John ja Morant. If you not giving him the trophy, then you out your goddamn mind. Cause John ja Morant was balling. Like a vintage player. He was playing like a motherfucker from back in the days, like early 90s type shit. He dunking on dudes, he crossing them over, he scoring. He got the swag, he talked mad shit. He brought a different dynamic to the basketball game. Now let me not let me not shit on Zion Williamson, but Zion ain't gonna get that rookie of the year. You know what I'm saying? I don't see Zion Williamson getting that rookie of the year. And if he do get it, it's some bullshit going on. It's some bullshit going on in the NBA. Because it's no way. That motherfucker ain't even dropped 30. Did he? I don't even think Zion dropped a cool 30. And he didn't need to drop 30. He don't deserve that rookie of the year. He don't deserve that rookie of the year. He don't deserve that rookie of the year. If you give him the rookie of the year, something ain't right with the NBA. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's pure politics. It's pure politics. He ain't played nearly enough. And now the thing is, people are considering him to get rookie of the year. You can't even consider him a rookie of the year favorite. You know, and he might be good. He might be that good next year. See, if Zion would have stepped out the whole game, right, damn near, damn right, Morant going. But if Zion would have stayed out the whole season, like how what Ben Simmons did, Ben Simmons stayed out the whole season. He won Rookie of the Year the next year. He won Rookie of the Year. Now, Zion could have stayed out the whole season. He could have sat this one out and said, yo, I, I just won't, don't want to risk it. And played next year, he probably would have won next year. But that little kid, LaMelo Ball, coming next year. And LaMelo might change everybody's mind about basketball. That little motherfucker right there is lightning quick. He's six foot eight. He a point guard. He imagine Johnson size. You know? Stay damn fucking right. You don't get that motherfucker no, no rookie of the year. That's the rookie of the year. You can't give it to him. They 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 might have him fucking cut the whole season short next year. Because it's it's gonna be like I said, pure politics. Pure, pure politics and that's what i don't like about sports because they add these guys with these suit and ties and they run around here like they so motherfucking good and they don't know the game how a motherfucker like stephen a smith know the game greg anthony know the game um kenny smith know the game charles barkley all them dudes know the game they played the game 
Stephen A. Smith played high school and college basketball. Now, I say that to say this. You can't have a motherfucker that don't know the game telling us who's going to win shit. You know what I'm saying? You got to have somebody with experience that look at the game from a different angle. You know what I'm saying? Because these dudes looking at it from a business point of view. They looking at it from the wrong lens. Them NBA players are looking at it from a player standpoint. Who did what and how they did this and how was he on the court and his um health and everything plays a factor in what they um how they critique in this bull, these bulls. When you got agents and presidents and owners and GMs, they watching the game. Yeah, some of them play basketball, but you not looking at it from a player standpoint no more. You looking at it from a motherfucking who fill the most seats standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Who gonna sell me a billion hot dogs tonight? That's the way they watch the game. They watch the game like that. They don't watch the game like us. They don't watch the game like some of us watch the game for highlights. Some of us watch the game for numbers. But we watch the game. That's why I be telling my son. I say, you watch the game, but I watch the game. Now, until you watch the game like me, you can't tell me shit about no motherfucking body that's out there. You know what I'm saying? Because your ideal player is different from mine. You know what I'm saying? You like a motherfucker because his sneakers is selling. Almost like he like one of them GMs and shit. You know what I'm saying? He watching the shit from Nate from Nate angle. I'm watching the shit from a, a, a different a different lens. You know what I'm saying? Because that shit don't even add up sometimes, man. How how you could pick. How you could pick a Zion over a John Morant. John Morant clearly is the shoe-in. But there's no way that we can debate that. That he's not. Because that's just plain old... That's blatantly wrong. That's foul. Shout out to the NBA, though. I miss basketball, man. I miss basketball. I'm not watching this um th- this Jordan series yet because I want to binge. I want to sit on my couch and lay there and just watch it. I want to sit down. I want to lay back. I want to get my motherfucking beer and my motherfucking whatever I'm drinking. And I want to sit back and I want to watch the bullshit because Michael Jordan is like a household name. You can't have Michael Jordan talking about himself on TV. You got to have some motherfuckers that don't like him in that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mike guns Mike if you let Mike tell it, Mike God. He's a basketball god, but if you let him tell it, he god of the earth. That motherfucker got the best sneakers on the, in the world. In the motherfucking world. That motherfucker got the best sneakers in the fucking world. Globally known. You got to have some arch enemies in that documentary. You can't just let it be about him, man. Fuck that, man. Because it was bigger than him. It was bigger than Mike. You know what I'm saying? It was way bigger than Mike. 
You know what I mean? Because all he going to do is shit on everybody he talk about. I ain't even got to watch that shit. And I know he shitted on at least five people already. You know? And he ain't even probably get to the Knicks yet. But John Starks, ooh, Greg Anthony, y'all going about to be famous in a bad way. Because Mike about to trash y'all like a motherfucker. Because, you know, Mike, Mike demolished John Starks. Mike torched Greg Anthony. But those are the only two guys you wanted guarding him. On a night in, night out basis. You ain't want nobody holding Mike except motherfucking John Starks. You live for that John Starks and Michael Jordan moment. John Starks. I'm talking about the motherfucking boy from Oklahoma that worked in a grocery store. Put on a motherfucking Nick jersey and was to fucking try to bust Mike ass. He ain't never bust Mike ass, but he tried to. He tried to give it his all. He tried. He put his heart, he put his blood, sweat, and tears in the busting Michael Jordan ass. Because Mike used to get that motherfucker 50 on a bad night. Michael Jordan used to look at John Starks and laugh. He used to look at John Starks and laugh and smirk like, they got this young boy guarding me tonight. You know what I'm saying? And that used to make John Starks mad. John Starks used to be looking at him like, this little motherfucker, this motherfucker talking this shit. You know, that will hurt a motherfucker feelings. That will hurt a motherfucker feelings, man. You put a dude out there, the greatest of all time, so-called, and he walk on that court with his sneakers and his shorts all hanging and his motherfucking jersey with the fucking everything was tucked in right. It's, it's like they tailored this ball before he walked on the court. It's like they said, yo, here, wait, put this jersey on. Let's make sure it fits right. That motherfucker tucked his jersey in and I'm talking about it didn't look like it didn't even touch his body. Like he was wearing plush linen on the court. And he had the ankle socks that just just touched the top of his sneaker. So it looked like he don't even got socks on. He got the best shoes. He got the wristband that just like, motherfuckers is like, yo, who is this dude? He got the earring. I'm giving you a rundown to my podcast. I'm giving you guys a rundown on how Mike looked when I was watching him play. And then he would do that Michael Jordan strut. He would just walk across the court with his head down, chewing his gum, and he'll look at everybody and size them up. Like, what y'all gonna do tonight? I'm about to give you about 50 in the first half. You know, so now you got this young boy, light skin, in New York. He's a crowd favorite. John Starks was our hero in New York. John Starks was our fucking hero in New York City. And can't nobody tell me he wasn't. Because that motherfucker put that motherfucker jersey on and he walked out on that court. He did, he, he do like this on the side. Wipe his hands. And go like this. And it's just like regular shit. He go out there and he play basketball. But when he played against Mike, it was the toughest fucking 48 minutes of his life. Because I'm talking about Michael Jordan with... Wouldn't even run through screens. Mike was like, hey, give me the ball. Pull up, jab step, and Starks all in his face. 
damn near fucking Mike up. Grabbing him, smacking him, holding his jersey. Mike just busting Stark's ass. Mike just be busting Stark's ass until that one motherfucking night. And I bet you this shit don't be in that documentary till that one motherfucking night at the garden. When John Starks got that ball and went baseline. And he cleaned them motherfuckers up that night. He went baseline. He got the ball. Spent. Went that. Went one way. Went the other. Turned around. Flushed that shit down they fucking throat. Them Chicago Bulls ain't want no work. Them Chicago Bulls didn't want no work with Mike. They didn't want no work with Mike, with, with John that night. John Starks cleaned them up that night. That night he was Superman. That night John Starks was Superman. I'm talking about if you ain't have a motherfucking Knicks attitude that night, I don't know where you were, where you was at. Because I'm a Laker fan. But I was rooting for the Knicks every time they played the Bulls. I say this every podcast. When the Knicks played the Bulls, I thought I was one of, a part of the team. I remember the song. Not a lot of people remember the song. Go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. We are the New York Knicks. I'm talking about, listen, man. That was a time, that was a dark a dark period in New York City. When them New York motherfucking Knicks played them Bulls, or them, or them Pacers, or them Miami Heat. Spoke about this a couple of weeks, a couple of nights ago. It was just a different atmosphere. It was a different, different atmosphere a different cloud came over new york it almost was like it was really gotham city it was really gotham city afternoon time we looked at because the the nixon bulls always play on like a sunday afternoon a sunday afternoon and it would be like around like one o'clock two o'clock and the game would end like four and nobody was Bulls fans. Everybody was Knicks fans. Motherfuckers would rush the basketball courts. Blitz the courts right after that. Talk about how Pat Charles Oakley bust Scottie Pippen ass. The motherfuckers wasn't talking about how... And when the Knicks lost, we would talk about how they almost won. It was never about how the Bulls beat them. It was about how to, so this not gonna make the documentary. This kind of shit not gonna make that documentary. Cause Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan not gonna let it make the documentary. And if he do, he a brave motherfucker. Cause I don't believe it. I don't see him getting showing John Starks put the finish on him and got off that motherfucking rim. Hung on it for like three seconds and got off that rim and ran in their face like ah. Pulled his shirt all off and shit. John Starks. Yeah. You see, people forget that. Bulls fans definitely forgot that. They're not remembering shit like that. Because they don't want to remember stuff like that. Because that stuff really happened. That hurt a lot of feelings. 
That hurt a lot of feelings. Yeah, the Knicks never beat them in a seven-game series. The Knicks probably never... The Knicks, If the Knicks would have beat the Bulls, the Knicks would have won championships, like I said. But I told y'all this before, and I'm going to tell y'all this again, before we segue into the next topic. The New York Knicks weren't playing against the Chicago Bulls only. The New York Knicks were playing against the Chicago Bulls, I said this before, and the referees. The Knicks never had a fair series. Ever. Ever. They never had a fair series. You sit back. A lot of you people on this podcast, y'all on quarantine right now. You got access to YouTube. YouTube the games when the Knicks played. Rivals, like tough. It was always the NBA versus the New York Knicks. It was never the NBA versus... It was never like the Bucks versus the Pacers. Yeah, we gonna root for the Bucks or the Pacers tonight. It's like, yo, who played the Knicks tonight? I want to see if they win. Because the Knicks is one of the best teams in the NBA. The best defense. Vicious. Used to bust people ass. Wasn't nobody beating them boys until the Bulls came up. And now, or the Pacers. Now listen, when I say the refs had the Knicks, I said this the other night. I'm going to keep telling you guys because I got to remind you. When the Knicks played the Pacers, Reggie Miller pushed John Starks and did like this. Pushed him. Called for the ball. Got the ball. Shot the three. John Starks was worried about the ref calling a foul. The ref ain't called a foul. So if John Starks wasn't worried about that referee calling foul, John Starks just wasted two seconds looking at the ref. When Reggie Miller was like, come on, come on. I got it. I got it. I got it. Give me the ball. Nailed it. At the garden, hurt our feelings, embarrassed us. Y'all know. To the podcast, I threw the choke sign up because that's what he did to Spike Lee. He put the choke sign up. Embarrassed us. Something crazy. But the rest wasn't on our side. The rest were on the, the Pacers' side. The, the Knicks never had support from the league. They never had support from the league. They were bruisers. They were bruisers. They were considered as bullies. So when the Bulls played the Knicks, they wanted the Bulls to win. The Knicks were considered as bullies. They were bruisers. They were beating motherfuckers up. They were like the. They didn't want the Knicks to be the Pistons from the nineties. They didn't want the Knicks to be those those dudes. So they put a cap on that. They said, yo, look, nah, we not going to let y'all get away with that shit. Y'all doing too much. Y'all fucking up the franchise, the face of the franchise. Y'all hurting them. Y'all hurting Mike. Y'all can't do that. We can't let y'all get away with this shit. 
That's why the Knicks never beat the Bulls. You feel what I'm saying? Go back on YouTube and watch. Do your homework. Check it out. They never stood a chance against the Chicago Bulls. No matter what you say. You could be like, yo, but we almost beat them in one game. You ain't almost beating nobody. That was for TV. They knew the Bulls were going to win that series because Mike had the refs in his pocket. That's on the internet. Mike talking to refs when he was in a Wizards jersey. Intimidating them motherfuckers. Like staring at them with them red ass eyes. Looking at them motherfuckers like, what the fuck you gonna do, man? Call a foul. What's wrong with you? You like your job, right? Call it next time. You don't call it, then you ain't gonna call another game. I play it. It was a privilege to be around Mike. I told you, he was NBA God. From the, from the, from the ball head to the fucking sneakers. This dude was a problem. It ain't made no sense. Shout out to the NBA. We need y'all back, man. Excuse me. I want I, earlier a couple of minutes ago, a few minutes ago, I spent. I said. I said. We going through some some trying times, right? We going through some trying times. A few minutes ago, I said this. So I said, I said, I will listen to. I I didn't. I heard the boy Michael Rapport speaking on hip hop. And if you don't guys don't know, I know I got an audience that's like overseas and shit like that. I know I got people that listen to this podcast. That's not from America and stuff like that. But they might not got access to certain things. But if you don't know who Michael Rapport is, Michael Rapport is a comedian from Brooklyn. He's a white boy. You know what I'm saying? He's a white boy. He's semi-funny. But he spoke on something other a couple of days ago. And I'm I'm just like, damn, man. Matter of fact, Michael Rapport, right. Where is hip-hop in all this? Where is hip-hop in this whole pandemic that we have? You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people are donating like a couple of dollars and shit like that. Not a couple of dollars because they're donating more than what the fuck I got. So they ain't donating a couple of dollars. They're donating a few thousand, a couple million. You know what I mean? They giving some money up. Some people. You know, like, you know, you got your J's, you got your, um, Beyonce is not really hip hop. She's, um, pop, but you got your Jay-Z. That's really, honestly, he's one of the only ones I know that donate, but it's not about donate, but where are they? Are they, why aren't they speaking out on this? You know, we lost Fred the Godson. Scarface has, um, kidney, kidney damage. It's a few other hip hop artists that um might have that shit, might have that corona shit. But why isn't hip hop speaking out on the topics that we need them to speak out on? You know what I'm saying? Like 
you know, we got we got guys like we got guys we got guys in hip hop. You know, we got some powerful black people in hip hop, right? We got a lot of powerful black people in hip hop. We got a lot of powerful white people in hip hop. We got power, we got a lot of people in hip hop, period. Let's not get race involved. Let's not let's not put race in this. Let's talk individually. We got a lot of hip powerful individuals in rap. But nobody is speaking on this, the fact that people are dying and shit's going down. And motherfuckers is like, like out here struggling. Where are you at now? You know what I'm saying? You know, where are you guys at now? It's like they got their picks. You understand what I'm saying? It's like they got their picks when they want to chime in on shit. And then when they got their picks, they don't even, like, press the issue hard enough. You know, they don't press the issue hard enough. Like, you know, it's stuff that goes down in our city, in our inner cities, that we got to deal with. We got to see head on. Like, we here. They not with us. So where they at when we need them? Where's hip-hop when we need them? On Instagram, doing motherfucking battle royals and shit. You feel me? Now they worried about their money. They charging us to watch Facebook lives and shit. They charging us $5 to watch their lives. These motherfuckers is really out their fucking mind. You know what I'm saying? It's a situation where motherfuckers is like really out here hurting and y'all trying to grab a grip our pockets and shit. You know, so it's like, I love hip-hop. I like rap music. I love the situation. I love the culture. Everything from where it come from, where it come from, what I, how I watched it, how I got introduced into it, how I just like used to listen to video music box, turn my TV up mad loud and swear I had a stereo and shit. I like hip-hop, right? But the people that's representing hip-hop, Sometimes, to me, they don't represent it right. You telling me this is a conscious situation we in, right? This is a serious situation. Where's most death? Where's Kanye West? Talib Kweli. These dudes is chilling. They doing a podcast and shit, but we need y'all to be out here speaking and helping people out. You feel what I'm saying? Anybody seen Nicki Minaj? You know what I mean? Like, where are these motherfuckers at? You know, we got, like, guys like Snoop Dogg playing Nintendo and shit. He worried about the fucking server being down. Where these dudes at when we need them? When we need them. When we need them to speak, they not around. You know what I mean? Where are they at? We don't have... What it is, is... And I'm speaking for hip-hop. We don't have a voice. Anybody seen Russell Simmons? 
You know what I'm saying? We don't have a voice. We don't have a voice. And I'm and I'm, let me tell you something about I'm gonna talk about race. Like people, period. We don't have a voice. We don't have nobody speaking for us. We don't have nobody saying anything. Yeah, they sounded along. That's the shit. That's it. That shit real. That shit crazy. That's the long. That shit goes off every night. That shit goes off every night. They got to get in the fucking house. If they not in the house, they pay a fine. They pay a fine. A $500 fine. They got to come up out their pockets. They got to pay some bread. You know, it's, it's that deep. Like, now, my situation, like, where are these people at? Like, um, who's going to be our voice or reasoning when it comes down to it? When it comes down to it, who's our voice or reasoning? You know, the people, the people don't have a voice in anything. We don't have a voice in politics. We don't have a voice in this pandemic. We really don't have the voice we need. All we got is all we got all we got is like chaos. All we got is chaos. We got chaos. We got chaos. You know? We got a lot of chaos. Very chaotic. Like it's gonna be chaotic until people start getting the in their mentality that we are right. That we good. As long as you breathing, we good. That bull was um smooth. That was a bull that I know. He's on. He he's from Brooklyn. He's a videographer. He got a, a web series and shit out. Um, I can't think of the name of the web series, but he'd be probably back in. He'd probably pull back up in here. They usually do shit like that in and out. But um, we need we need a voice. We need a voice. The people, the people like from where we from, we need a voice. Because they want our vote. They want our vote. But they won't give a, what are they giving us for our vote? Like I heard Puff that, I heard Puffy talking about the black vote will not be brought. You know, he's always popping up when it comes to politics like he's always like trying to chime in he had those voter die shirts and now he's talking about the black vote won't be bought and all this crazy shit but you gotta really like like is he is like eh. he's not a reliable source you know what i mean he's not a reliable source puff daddy he's not a reliable source Cause I ain't calling him Pete Diddy. I call him Diddy sometimes, but he's puffy. He's not a reliable source. So we need a reliable source as people. We need a very reliable source. We need a reliable source. You know. I'm gonna be honest with you. If I had, if this was a revolution. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm just gonna be. I'm joking. I'm joking. I would rather. I'm joking, but I'm honestly. I'm just. I don't know. I would rather have Uncle Luke 
talking, speaking. I mean, Luke took on the Supreme Court. So he got some common sense up there. As far as hip-hop goes, I'm talking about. I would have I would have Uncle Luke speaking for us. I would nominate him as a hip-hop ambassador. You got to speak for the people, Uncle Luke. Because he got the voice. He know what he talk about, man. Luke talk that shit. He get up on that shit and talk crazy. You know what I mean? I heard um, Luke told a story about when he took on Death Row. When he had a situation with Suge and all of them. I was entertained. I was like, what? Luke? Don't stop. Get it. Get it, Luke? Took on Death Row. And he said that motherfuckers left out of there with some holes in them. He said them motherfuckers from Cali came out there and they probably would never come back to the South. He called all his people from VA all the way down to Florida. And Uncle Luke said he got it rocking with Death Row. Sugar them. I was like, wow. I would definitely let Luke talk for hip hop. Speak on speak on that shit. Talk that shit. Tell him why we need. Tell him what we need. You know? Luke's Luke the shit. Excuse me. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. It was a good podcast. I had a good time speaking and talking and shit. Talking about basketball, you know. I'm pretty passionate about sports and hip-hop. You know what I mean? They go hand-in-hand. I'm kind of passionate about those two things. I like sports. I like hip-hop. But most of all, I like... I like making a point when it comes to sports and hip-hop. I don't just like talking about that shit. I like to make a point. I like to let people know, like, you wasn't the only... Just because you motherfucking write shit down in a notepad don't make you the hip-hop motherfucking um, Nostradamus and other shit like that, motherfucker. We was around. You know what I'm saying? I was around. I listened to music. I watched the game. You know what I'm saying? So, I like to give sports, like, I like to put it in hip-hop also in black and white. I like to call it like I see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like to sit there and just jack on nobody, jack nobody's swag because they hitting right now. Because I like the shit. I like the grind. I like the music. For what it's worth. There's people out here that still listen to music. You know, like I'm not I'm not stuck in the nineties. But I know good shit when I hear it. You know what I'm saying? Just like sports. I'm not stuck in the era where everybody like Dr. J and shit like that. But I know I know the game when I see it. I know who's who. You know what I'm saying? I can sit there and look at the game and be like, nah, this shit ain't worth watching. You know what I mean? But I know the game. I like what I, I I like it. I watch that shit, motherfucker. I'll keep doing this shit, and I'm gonna fucking be up on first take with Stephen A. Smith talking just like this. 
Motherfucker, y'all corny up here. Y'all don't know the game like how I know it. You know? But I fucks with Stephen A. Smith. Sometimes. Sometimes he could be a fucking dick. You know what I mean? But I still fucks with him. And I could say, and you could say that, and, and you know what I mean? One day I might be on that platform where I could be like, yo, dog, you just like corny as shit, man, but I still fucks with you because you got this little job and shit, man. You all right, you know? But thank you, everybody, for tuning in, man. It's New Wave Radio, New Wave Podcast. You know what it's hitting for, man. Holla at me.